Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, you may have seen those and thought some of those sound familiar. I know for myself, uh, those are things that sometimes go off in my head. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at these lies that you just saw in that roll in and how how do we actually counter the thoughts that sometimes discourage us, that sometimes lead us to fear, that sometimes cause us to just basically not want to really move forward in life and take the progress that God wants us to take. And those lies are key lies that are really kind of landmines in life. And these are thought patterns that really tug on our emotions, that cause us to react in a certain way, that cause us to do things uh, in a certain way. And we're going to be spending the next few weeks looking at how do we really avoid uh, giving into these thoughts and really the life that comes from just settling that this is true. And today's message, like Ben mentioned, is called the battleground. And we're really looking at really in any battle, uh, it's important to know what you're fighting against. It's important to know the keys, the strategies to not only fighting the battle, but to winning the battle. And so today is a message that's kind of the intro to the rest of this series. And each of these weeks over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at each lie. And so today is kind of an overview of the battleground that we each face, the different strategies that can come against us, the different enemies that can come against us, and really the keys for us to continue to move forward and take the progress that God wants us to take. And what you find in any battle, and the same is true actually in sports, and anything that you are, really you have an opponent, you have already lost if in your mind you, you think it doesn't matter what you do, you're defeated. And the same is true in life. If you already think that it doesn't matter what you do, what you say, what you think, you have already lost. And so today we're going to be talking about the importance of actually rejecting the things that we have settled on. And for some of us, we've settled on different things that actually may not be true at all. And I battle lies on a continual basis. And some of them look like uh, I'm not I'm not good enough. Uh, I can't I can't change. I'm I'm all alone. And you, you, you feel lonely. You feel like there's no one there that quite understands. Uh, these are things that that I battle. Frankly, on Monday morning, sometimes I wake up and I'm just like, I'm too tired to get out of bed. And I have that about like, oh, if I could just sleep in all day, wouldn't life be so much better? And you may have had that thought as well. The fact of the matter is, though, is those things that you believe can sometimes cause us to approach life very differently. And the thing that happens is if we're actually believing things that aren't true, then imagine what that does to our life as well. We're building our life on landmines that explode. We think they were, there's something we can build on. And as we step on them, as we plant our life, they actually self-detonate and they can destroy us. And so we're going to be looking at how do we get past the things that sometimes are so native to us, that sometimes make so much sense to us. And a lot of times these lies are really built on the fact that we just, we get so discouraged and we just, we just want to, we, we give up and discouragement and fear it, it takes the fight out of us, and it, and it makes us want to cave to the lies. Uh, here's the truth. If you cave to the lies, we lose the battle. That's the truth about the battleground. If we cave to the lies, if we give in to them, if we believe they're true, if we own them, if we recite them, if we build our life on them, and we don't filter them, and we don't check them, and we don't actually fight against them, we can lose the battle. 
And you may have approached life not thinking in terms of a battle. I know I didn't. But there's actually truth to a lot of life that it's just like a battle. It's something that you have to, with everything in you, as you try to do life God's way, you have to decide that I am just going to go in this direction because I know that's what God wants me to do. I know that that is true. I know that it is right. And everything in me sometimes pulls me over here. But when you realize that life is like that and that it's a battle, there's a lot of joy in life. There's a lot of fun in life. And there's a lot of people in life that can bring great blessing. But ultimately, life is always on the battleground. There's never a part in which we can just let our mind completely be off and just accept all the things that we believe. And so I want to just review. Here are the common lies that we're going to be spending the next few weeks talking about. It's too hard. I'm not going to raise anyone's hand or ask you to raise your hand, but oftentimes we face things at work. We face things in family life. We face things every day where we have this part and where we think, I cannot do that. It's too hard. I can't do it. It's too tough. I can't do it. It's not going to work. So that's a common lie. It's too hard. The second is I'm too tired. I just don't have the energy to deal with this. A lot of times you don't, you may not say like, I'm too tired, but in your emotions, it's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out. I can't do it. When will it be summer again? And that's really discouraging when it's on the first day of fall, like today, but we're just so tired. We're burnt out. I need a Red Bull. I need something to pick me up. Third lie. It's not what I want. This one is one that, that gets me. I have an idea of what I wanted to happen. I had a picture of what I thought should happen, and it doesn't turn out that way. And I find myself disappointed. I find myself discouraged. Sometimes it's anger. Like, well, I wanted it to turn out like this. That's not what I wanted. It's a common lie. It's not what I want, so I'm just, I'm just going to, it's not worth it. It's not what I want. Fourth thing, it's not fair. It's just not fair. Why did it happen like that? Why did that person do that? Why did I do that and cause all these things to happen? Right when things were starting to line up, it's, it's just, it's not fair. And the last one, I'm the only one. You ever felt that? I know I felt that a lot. I'm the only one. No one has ever experienced what I'm experiencing. No one has ever struggled like I'm struggling. No one has ever done what I've done or said what I've said. No one understands me. Now, here's the thing about the lies. You don't wake up in the morning, put your alarm off, look in the mirror, and you just look at yourself. I'm too tired. You're the only one. You know, it doesn't happen like that. It's very subtle. It happens in our thoughts happens in our perspective. We start to see things and these things start to come out. We don't probably say them to ourselves out loud, but, but they're in there. And here's the thing. What makes these hard to battle in life is that there's truth to some of them. There's partial truth. There's certain things in life that aren't exactly fair when you look at maybe what you thought should happen and what did happen. It may not be completely fair. So there's some truth to that. And probably if you have a job 
and you're working hard and you're trying to make ends meet, you're probably tired, right? I know I'm tired. I got up this morning to prep for the message. My alarm went off and I played flag football yesterday. I hadn't done that in about 10 years. And my alarm went off and I, I thought, man, I'm tired, but I'm not too tired. But I'm really tired. And so I got up, I went downstairs and it's cold now. It's like fall. And and then I went back to the couch and I fell asleep again. And I thought, this is interesting. Like, I'm tired. And I said, no, I'm not too tired. I got up and then I went downstairs and I slept some more. So you're tired. But the, the lie is that you're too tired, meaning I cannot do what I need to do until I get more sleep. That could be partially true. But for most of us, it's just. We don't want to do it. And we're remotely tired and so we won't do it because we just need a nap. We just need to sleep in. And that can cause us to miss certain things that God wants us to get. So again, these are general lies. You may have your own variation. But in these categories, we face a lot of the battle that's within our, within our minds. And here's a truth that I learned a few years ago that kind of is the whole big picture of this message series. Just because you think it doesn't mean that it's true. Just because it entered your mind doesn't mean that it is real, that it's reality, that's the way you're supposed to think, that it's what you're supposed to do, that it's what God wants you to do. There's many things that enter our mind that are flat out not true. That are flat out not helpful. And in fact, if we believe it and buy on it and kind of build our life on it, it could actually destroy us from the inside out. So part of this is the realization that just because I think it doesn't mean that this means it will happen. There's the battle. We have to fight. If it's not true, what do we do with the false statement that's in my head that i'm chewing on that i'm kind of thinking well no that i am really tired and i am the only one and what if that's not true and that's where the battle is everything in us is saying it's true but it may not be so that begs the question if we have things that enter our mind that aren't true then how come they get there how come these things that are not true enter our mind and actually look like they're reasonable and actually look like that is true of what I'm experiencing. Well, it actually comes from three different places. And this is helpful to know. These are the three enemies that cause the lies within our minds. The three enemies. The first is the world. And the, the, the idea of world is really the world system. It's the culture. It's the media. It's the system that says you can live life apart from God. And here's how you do it. And you buy into statements that kind of are built on the premise of as long as it makes me happy or as long as it feels good or as long as I don't hurt anyone else. And these half truths can create some of the lies that we've been talking about. So the world, that's one of the enemies that we battle, a system that wants us to build our life outside of God's will. To follow the tendencies, to follow the strategies, to follow the patterns of something that exists outside of God. That's the world. The second enemy that we face is the one that we know ourselves, and that's called our flesh. And the flesh is the selfishness in us 
the strategies within us that think we can do life without God. And we all battle the flesh. That's what sin is. When the first man and woman decided to go their own way, they gave into the flesh. They said, I want to choose my own path. And each of us want to do that. And so the flesh within ourselves, we believe things that flat out aren't true because we have created an idea that we are going to get what we want when we want it. And that's the flesh. The second is the devil. Now, you, ha- you may have a picture of the devil like I'll see him coming. He's got that long tail and he's got those horns and he's dressed in red. And on October 31st, you may see him. But the devil is actually the father, the prince, the king of lies. So if we're talking about the lies that defeat us, the devil loves lies. This is how he rolls. This is what he likes. He likes people to believe things that are not true, to base decisions on a falsehood that will destroy them. The Bible describes the devil as he is a lion that seeks to devour. He wants to destroy. He wants to rip you apart. So you're not going to see him coming up to you and tasing you and you falling down. That probably will not happen. But what he does and the evil forces that he has on his behalf, they begin to put thoughts in our head that are just not true. But you're, you're never going to change, Alex. You, you, you've done that. You're never going to change. You think you are, but you're not. Are those, those people, they don't, they don't like you. They don't love you. They're not there for you. What are you, what are you thinking? You did that again. You blew it. All of a sudden, these things start to come into my head. And you may have found this as well. Sometimes it's my own flesh. Sometimes it's the world. And sometimes it's the enemy. And these enemies all fuel this idea that if I believe it, it's true. But we have to know how to battle these lies, how to kind of realize they're not true, how to fight against them, and how to actually believe what is true. So I want to take it a step further. What happens if we actually believe the lies? Like, what's the big deal? We all daydream. We all have things that kind of come in our head and we kind of think like, I wonder what would happen if that was true or if that. Well, what's the big deal with these lies? Like, why not just think them? If they're in my head, why not just kind of decide to think and act? What would happen? Well, it could look something like this. In life, if, if you actually think you are the only one that's faced a problem, you're going to think that no one understands you. And if you think that no one understands you, then you're going to pull back from people. You're going to be over here and people are going to be there. And why am I not there? Because you don't understand me. Because you've never dealt with what I've dealt with. And so in the midst of me feeling alone, in the midst of me feeling like there's no one that quite understands what I'm going through, I pull back, I pull back, and I pull back. Then I face real trouble. I have a pain. I have an experience that I don't know what to do with. And I, I need help. I need somebody to help me. Where's the help? There's no one here. What do I do? Peekaboo. Where were you all? I needed you. Where was the help? I was all alone. 
And sometimes it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. We think no one understands us, so we pull away. Then we experience real pain and we think, where is everybody? They were there the whole time, but you pulled away. That's how it looks. You isolate yourself. You're all alone. You face a problem and you're alone. You think, see, I'm all alone. Yes, you pulled away. You made yourself alone because you believed that you were the only one. And therefore, by yourself, that's all you need. But when you face real pain, real hardship, real struggle, you actually need people. In fact, God uses people to encourage you, to challenge you, to pull you up, to pick you up and to walk you forward. But if you believe you're all alone, then you will be all alone. And you don't get the help that you need. Budgeting. You ever look at your kind of bottom line and you think it's not fair? That's just a, that's just a real practical thing. You look at your budget and you think it's not fair. Why is housing so much money? Like, it's not fair. Gas. Like, you, you know, it gets under $4 and you're like, this is amazing. And then you realize like 10 years ago, it was like a buck 25. It's not fair. How can I go to the place I want to go when gas is so expensive? And you have this tight budget that you need to leave through, but it's not fair. Why do I have to have this tight budget? Because that's not, I didn't get my degree to have a budget this small. I didn't get my degree to have a job that doesn't pay what I thought it would. And we believe, we start beginning, it's not fair. So what do we do? Well, we think, well, I deserve this certain life that I thought I would live with this certain job that I thought I would get. None of it's turning out. So if I turn to my friend, American Express or Visa or Discover, I will discover new things. It's flat out not true. It may not be fair to live on a tight budget. But it's even harder when you have more and more debt because of the decisions you've made because you thought it wasn't fair. You see how this works? Begins in our brain, ends up in our life, and it can actually derail us. Uh, In family life, it's too hard. Like in marriage, raising kids is too hard. Like I don't know how to continue to do life with this person. In marriage, it can cause us to bail. It's too hard. I didn't know that person was like that. I didn't know those habits were actually real. I thought they were cute when we were dating. They're not cute anymore. It's too hard. I didn't think it was going to be this hard. And we, we, we can bail. Training your kids. It's too hard. Why do they want to do what they want to do? And why don't they listen to me? It's too hard. I say one thing, they do another. It's too hard. So you can just kind of step back from training your kids, step back from doing life with them, step back from being the person they are learning from and turning to. And before you know it, there's a disconnect. And as adults, you don't have a relationship that's sweet. And it started with the lie that it's too hard. And over here, you're reaping something because it started with the lie that it's not fair. And over here, you're isolated because it started with a lie that you're the only one. Now, these are somewhat dramatic, but may not be that. It may be small, it may be in the little things, but what happens is the lies come. And before we know it, if we don't keep them in check, it causes us to make decisions that actually just take us out. And the world says, go for it. Ourselves say, just get what you want. And the enemy's like, yes, do it. He doesn't want us to be 
successful in living the life God wants us to live. He wants to destroy us. So what do we what do we do? How do we move forward? I want to share a story that actually has provided a lot of hope for me. Now, if you're sitting here like this is the most depressing thing I've ever heard. Part of that is actually my intention not to depress you like that's the next step. I will be depressed this week because of this message. However, it is good to realize that there is something going on in here that we actually do have to battle. That's very important. Realizing you're on the battleground helps you not just to walk around like, oh, there's a landmine. What does that do? Kaboom! You're done. Right? So recognizing the battleground is important. But once you've re- recognized it, what, what do you do? And that's what we're going to look at for the rest of our time. I want to turn to a story in the Old Testament. And for the, this series, we're going to be looking at Old Testament stories of people that had certain lies that they were dealing with and what they did to push through, what they did to reclaim the truth. And so... I want to talk briefly about the story of Moses and Joshua. Moses was the leader of the Israelites, and his goal was to take them to the promised land. But because of his disobedience and decisions he made, he wasn't going to be able to take them to the promised land. And they were in the desert for a long time, 40 years, just in the desert. And he was leading the people. Moses is the guy that gave the Ten Commandments to the people. And Moses was training Joshua as his successor. And it came to the point where Moses died. And now it was Joshua's time to lead the people into the promised land. Only a body of water separated them. So it was basically this time for Joshua, for what has been promised years and years and years ago, for something that I haven't experienced, to take the Israelites, to take God's chosen people into the promised land that he wanted to give them. And you may think, like, that's awesome. It's Joshua's time to shine. It's Joshua's time to lead the people to the triumphal land that God wanted them to have. But you can imagine, they followed Moses for a long, long time. They knew Moses. They knew his personality. They knew how he related to the people. They knew all about him. And then there's this guy, Joshua, and like he had proven himself and he had handled stuff well. But there's still, he wasn't their leader. So if you think about it, what, what were maybe some of the things that Joshua was facing? All right, buddy, no pressure. Moses didn't get us in the promised land. You're up. Lead us. Well, it's too hard. Uh, He could be thinking, we're still going to face battles. These these people are are big and strong that we're going to face. How is this going to work? How are we going to defeat these people that are still coming against us? Uh, it's It's not fair. God promised us the land. Why do we have to fight for something that God's promising us? If God says it, God, pick us up, shoot us over and land us there. That would be fair. You're God. You're all powerful. I wonder if he thought that. I'm too tired. Hey, uh, you know, I want to lead you guys, but we've been in the desert for 40 years and it's really hot. And frankly, I have dust in my mouth every day and I just need to rest it up a little bit before I'm ready. I'm not ready. Let's kind of rest. Let's make sure that we're prepared. Uh, I'm the only one. Moses didn't do it. How am I going to do it? It's not what I want. Uh, These people aren't going to fight the way we need to fight. These people are weak. They've been wondering. They're disappointed. They're not ready. 
I don't want to do this. And you could see all these things that he could be battling as he's really upon kind of the biggest test of his life to claim the promised land that God wants to give him. And so you could see all these things were battling in Joshua. And there's this truth that God provides to him to basically encourage him, to give him strength, to give him courage, to give him boldness. And the same thing that God has given to Joshua thousands of years ago, he wants to give to us as we face the battle, as we face what is separating us from the life that God wants us to have. And here's this. In the same way, God commands us to do what is needed to win the battles. Each of us are going to face the battle because we face the lies. Every time we think the lie, we have to battle. So there's many battles we're going to face throughout our life. And you don't get to a certain age and the battle is over. You don't get to a certain status and the battle is over. You don't live in a certain place and it means you'll have less of battle. It means that you will battle wherever you are the rest of your life. And the hope is God has given us and commanded us everything that we need to fight the battle and push forward to claim what God wants us to have. The life that he wants to give us. And this is what he tells Joshua. Be strong and courageous. You could just see Joshua's thinking all these things and, and God just comes in. Be strong and courageous, my son. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And Joshua's like, great God, okay, I'll be strong and courageous. And God continues. I still see your knees shaking. You could think God's saying, you, you look still freaked out. So he goes again. Only be strong and and courageous, actually he says, and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Guess what he says again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So three times there you see this command. You be strong and you take courage. You be strong and have a lot of courage. You be strong, you be careful, and you take courage. There's this thing that God is commanding him. Do not give up. Do not give in. He was on the battleground. There were landmines all around him. Doubts, fears, discouragement. And Joshua had a choice. Am I going to trust the God that has led us so far to lead us in the future? Or am I going to stand back and allow the fears to take me out? And so there's three things. And I want to look at those briefly. The first thing is commanded to be strong. That comes from the Hebrew word meaning hazak. What this means is, as you look at that word, this idea of be strong, it isn't just like you have lots of muscles. Okay, it really is this idea of you keep a strong grip on your responsibilities no matter what happens. So the idea of being strong in the midst of fear 
is that in the midst of everything that you face that you're freaked out about, there's this tendency where we want to loosen our grip and just say, I can't do it. And we just throw it all up in the air. We just let go of our responsibilities. We let go of the relationships. We just bail. We get behind the curtain and we live life by ourselves. Strength is a tight grip on the things that God has given you. The responsibilities, the people, you do not bail. You keep a strong grip. It's kind of like when you learn to drive and you go to driver's ed, right? And they tell you to place your hands at 10 and 2. Really, who does that, right? But there's actually a reason that you have it at 10 and 2 because that allows you to control the vehicle in the best way. I'm more at like 6 with one hand. Any of you guys like that? Or the knees sometimes? Like an 8 and a 5, right? I was driving yesterday and I was putting my seatbelt on. I wasn't even on the steering wheel. My son's like, you're not driving. I was like, that's actually very true. I didn't have a strong grip. That's what we tend to do in life. We, this is the strong grip, 10 and 2. It allows us to take the vehicle where it needs to go. But, you know, over time, there's things that just cause us to kind of forget to handle the things we've, we've been given. A lot of times it's fear. A lot of times it's discouragement. It doesn't matter what I do. It's not working. It doesn't matter what I say. No one listens. It doesn't matter how I pray. It doesn't work. God doesn't hear me. And we just, we let go. And just like a car, if you let go of the steering wheel over time, you're going to veer off. And it happens in family life. It happens in our job. It happens in church life with our finances. All of the things that the lies attack us in. If you let go of strength and you don't have a firm grip, you, you get derailed. So it's very important. We have to be strong. We cannot loosen our grip. We can't slack off. We cannot become lazy. No matter what you're facing, you have to keep a strong grip. And the only way you do that is through what God commands you rely on him who will go with you wherever you go. That's what God has promised. So there's, there's a few things that, that God tells Joshua as well. So be strong. The, the next is to be courageous. In Hebrew, this is the word amatz. Regardless of how you feel, courage means you, you act with courage and you're, you're brave. What's really helpful for me is the idea of Regardless of how you feel. You may feel freaked out. You may may feel completely alone. You may feel like what you're doing, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. It's not working. You may feel like you're at the end of the path. It's just, you just want to throw your hands up. It's not worth it. It's at that very moment that you you have to be courage. Regardless of how you feel, you be brave. Don't step back. Don't turn and bail. Be brave. And there's two things that we fight in this. The first is don't, don't be frightened. That's what God tells Joshua. Don't be frightened. I really appreciate that. There's things in life that frighten us. Now, the idea of frighten there is dread. Basically, do not dread. So think about that. What in your life right now are you dreading? It may just be getting up every day and going to work. You, you don't like your job. 
it's not what you want, and you're really battling and you dread it. Or you just, you have a responsibility, you have a relationship right now that you're just, it's a grind. And you're dreading it. Well, to take courage is, regardless of the feeling that you have in the dread, you will not be frightened. You're going to press forward. The next is, do not be dismayed. It's similar to, to dread, but it really has this, this idea of... Uh, you're, you're not going to just drop everything that you have in your life. You're not going to just feel the pressure and just bail. You're, you're, you're going to rely on God to get you through it. Uh, for Joshua, it's this idea of he, he knew that the giants and the warriors that existed. He knew the opposition. And there's a part of us when we're dismayed, it feels like I can't slay these giants I can't slay the opposition. I can't take care of the things I need to take care of. It's not worth it. I can't do it. God tells us, don't give up. Don't give in. Be strong and be very courageous. Because if you give in and you stop making progress, the enemy has you right where he wants you. You've stalled out. And then last, God commands us to be careful. This comes from the Hebrew root Shemar. Uh, th- this idea is being careful to obey, uh, which is to carefully follow God's word. Do not deviate in the slightest. And the idea here is, you know, you may have tried to follow what God has said, and it didn't work out like you thought. And you get into the patterns of it's not fair. It's not what I want. I'm the only one that's trying to do this and it's not working. The tendency there is we take the Bible and we now look at it as like, well, it could be true, but it, it could just be true for some. It's not true for me. And now it's become more of a, a fiction for us. Like, you know, when I need it, I can turn to it and it's kind of entertaining, but it doesn't really guide my life. In the midst of the battle, when we're feeling like we cannot do it, there's a tendency now to think, well, God's way doesn't really work because I thought it would be easier than this. I thought I would have success at this point, and I don't have success like I thought. So there's a part where not only do we want to bail on our responsibilities, we actually want to bail on God. And the truth that we once thought was true, and now we don't, we're not sure anymore. So it's so, so interesting that God would tell this to Joshua, who has, was down when... When Moses was going to get the Ten Commandments that was there from the beginning, when this thing was written and people were seeing it, and he's telling them, Don't. remember all this stuff that you've been a part of, all this history as I've commanded the people. Do not deviate from this. Do not go to the right. Do not get, go to the left. And you're thinking, really, Joshua? I don't think he was going to do that. Well, God knew what Joshua was going to face. The opposition, the people that he's leading, the own lies that he was going to battle himself. So there's a part when the, the heat turns up. It's now a test. Do we really believe that what God has said is actually true? It's kind of like math. You know, kids learn basic math. And these principles, for a kid, they're like, okay, I, I'm learning addition, I'm learning subtraction, that's really helpful. But really high-level math is what engineers use to build bridges and buildings. And math is very important for the structure of a society. 
But if an architect or an engineer deviates from basic math skills as they're designing something and they build a wall and it doesn't measure up to the other wall and the roof that's supposed to go on top doesn't measure, the building collapses. So many times we approach it like the Bible, nah, it's, just, it's just a basic guide. I don't really need to pay attention to it. It's not really going to matter in this situation. Actually, the opposite is true. We should approach it just like an engineer who needs to learn every aspect about it so they can build what they're supposed to build. And that's what the Bible does. It gives us what we need to build the life God wants us to build. If we don't understand every facet of it and how it fits together and how it works, and if we kind of take part of it but don't take all of it, or we think some's helpful and we just think, ah, I don't need that, then what we do is we begin to kind of build something that actually just doesn't fit. The Bible is our guide. The Bible helps us in the battle. So we're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to be courageous and be careful to do what God has told us to do. Here's the key. When you start thinking those things this next week, just the. I'm just I'm, I'm tired. I'm really tired. I, I just feel alone. I just, I really just don't, I don't know if anyone's there for me. What you have to realize is, is at that point, the landmines are being planted in your brain, in your mind. You have to identify the attack and you have to fight. If you don't, they're just getting laid everywhere in our brain and over time. Everywhere we go, we just believe that lie, believe that lie, believe that lie, and we self-implode. So here's what we need to do. To be strong, to be courage and be careful takes a few steps. And I just want to walk through practically what that may mean. First is, you need to reject the lie. Realize that it's not true. If something gets into your head and you realize that it's one of these lies... You can tell yourself out loud, that's flat out not true. You may not want to do that like in a restaurant when other people are around you. But you just, you just tell yourself that, actually, that's not true. I'm not the only one. And actually, I'm tired, but I'm not too tired. That's just not true. You reject it. But rejecting it's not enough. You actually need to replace it. And you replace it with the truth. And the truth is what I just said we can't deviate from, which is the scriptures. And so the key to fighting the lies and rejecting it is to know what the truth is. And the way to know the truth is you have to know the Bible. And the way you know the Bible is you actually have to memorize the Bible. You actually have to think in terms of the battle and the, the lies that you have and what the Bible has to say about that lie. So when you face fear, what does the Bible have to say about fear? When you face anger, what does the Bible have to say about anger? When you face loneliness, what does the Bible have to say about loneliness? You replace it with the truth because God has given us the truth that counters every lie that we experience. That's why knowing the Bible is so important. I face fear all the time. I do. Like, I don't know how it's going to work. I just don't know if this is going to happen. And I, I just feel discouraged. Sometimes that happens on a weekly basis. And one of the things I've been able to fight is Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is 
the stronghold of my, of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It's my light. He's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Well, right now I'm, I'm fearful of a lot of things. I just want to give in, but that's true. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The answer is I don't have to fear anything. Why? Because the Lord is my light and he's my salvation. He saves me from the things that are overwhelming me. And so at Church in the Valley, we actually want to help you. If you'd like to learn how to memorize scripture, not just to read it, but actually to get it into your life so that you can use it to fight the battle, we want to help you. And I'm going to explain that in a moment. The last thing is refuse to give up. You need to reject the lies. You need to replace it with the truth. And then you need to refuse to give it up. When that thought comes that says you can't do it anymore, you refuse to believe it. When the thought comes that it's not worth it to follow Christ, when it's not worth it to do right, you refuse to believe it. You have to battle. And for me personally, I can't just battle it with, well, that's not right. No, that's not right. I need the truth. If this is a lie, then what is the truth? And that's what God words does. It, it shows you what is true. And as you believe what is true, over time you learn better how to fight the lies and identify them. The best way to know a lie is to know the truth. If it doesn't match up with the truth, it's a lie. So knowing the word of God is so important. We want to help you at Church in the Valley. And there's some next steps that I'm going to walk through. If you could pull out the connection card, I'm going to wrap up the service and just talk through some next steps that you can take. As you think, how do I fight the lies? How do I do battle this week? The first thing is, is just what I've been talking about. Maybe you want to memorize a scripture and we've given you a suggestion. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So maybe you're facing something and you just need to memorize this. You don't have to be dismayed. The second is identify a lie that you're fighting and ask God for help. Out of the five that I've, I've gone through, is there one that you're realizing you're, you're fighting right now? It's just it's coming to you repeatedly. Ask God for help in that. Just admit it to him. God, I am fighting that lie. Will you help me to fight? I need you to help me fight. Uh, you might want to attend the rest of the series as we look at each lie and how to counter it with the truth of Scripture. So I invite you all to come back next week. Uh, think of a friend. Invite them or a family member as well. And then the last one is if you want to talk to someone about Scripture memory. I mentioned this. If you, if you just like to know how to actually learn the discipline of memorizing Scripture to be used kind of in this way to fight the lie. And you, you don't know how to do it. Uh, we all need coaching in life. We all need to learn skills uh, in life. And specifically, spiritual disciplines, sometimes it's very difficult to know how to do it. You've heard about it. You know people who do it, but you may, you may just not know yourself how to do it. So if you'd like coaching and you'd like someone that could just meet with you and give you some practical advice on how to memorize Scripture, go ahead and mark that. We have some different people, some different uh, coaches in this church that would love to help you learn how to build this into your life. These people have battled the lies themselves, and they're battling now, and they want to help you learn how to battle as well. And so if you'd like to meet with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, uh, we would love to set that up. We will do the, all the work on our end to hook you up with somebody that you can meet with. 
And men, you can meet with a man and women, you can meet with a woman. And they can just coach you through how to memorize scripture. Uh, or if you just like to be in a small group that talks about that, uh, mark that as well. And we'll hook you up in kind of a class uh, format as well. So I encourage you, if you kind of want to know how to reject and replace, uh, mark that. And this week, we'll make sure we get you in touch with somebody that can help you. Let's pray together. God, I know for myself, many things that I think appear true just because I thought them. And it's so easy uh, just from moment to moment to get caught in lies. And I know that while the enemy, the Satan, is the, the father of lies, you are the father of the truth. And there is nothing that is false in you. There is nothing that is... Uh, hidden from you. You see it all. You know it all. And you know us completely. And God, we need your strength. We need your power to fight the battle. This battle we cannot do by ourselves. And uh, we can be taken out so easily. We can be discouraged and really lonely. And God, I pray if there's any of us that are here and we just feel alone and we feel like we can't do it, we can't move forward. God, will you speak to them this morning? You're a God of hope who cares for us. And so, God, I pray that in spite of the discouragement, in spite of the loneliness, that we will hope in you and claim that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.